hello and thank you for tuning in for another episode of maverick messages i'm liz and i'm ariana and we are students at providence baptist college today we will be listening to one of our chapel messages we hope the lord speaks to your heart turn to the book of second timothy chapter four second timothy chapter four the thing about staying in the race that sometimes it's a hard thing to do. Amen? So we're going to be excited. I want to be excited about finishing the race, but don't, don't just be excited about it. You actually got to do the hard things to stay in the race. Amen? And uh, you're just getting started in the race, and uh, that's why you're here in Bible College. And so I know the only thing standing between you and going home or going and partying or whatever you're going to do for break is me. So don't mess with me. Don't mess with me. And Brother Hall's not here to, to, to yell at me, so I mean, I can go. I can go as late as I want to go. Or, or I can go as short as I want to go. So I could do the lady in the tree, but that's just going to add another 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> You're looking at 1245. Is it worth it? One of these days, one of these days. 2 Timothy chapter 4. I guess I got to get there myself. Look at this. You guys are just distracting me. We're going to go. Where's 2 Timothy at? Oh, it's not in the Old Testament, is it? I've been hanging around teenagers too long. I'm going to preach on do the hard things. Do the hard things. Giannis Chorus from Greece is considered by most as the greatest ultra runner of all time. Have you heard of ultra running? Ultra marathons. What Koros accomplished, dominating for more than a 20-year period and setting world records that have lasted for decades, is nothing but mind-boggling. One of his competitors said, there's the elite, and then there's a world class, and then there's Giannis. This guy set the world records for ultra running. I'm talking about, he considers marathons a sprint. He doesn't compete in marathons, they're too short. 24 miles. No, that's not enough to really even get going. This guy set the record for the fastest time for 100 miles. This is running. 100 miles running nonstop. For uh, 100 miles, he did it in 11 hours, 46 minutes, and 37 seconds. 100 miles. During his famous six-day race, he did a six-day race, which is basically... They, you know, we all start at the same point on this road, and you run as far as you can in six days. And whoever's got the, whoever's the farthest at that point, you're the winner. Six-day race. 600, he made it 635 miles. Some nights, he, uh, the first night, he didn't sleep. He kept running. The second night, I think he slept 10 minutes. Here's what he said. I was running very fast, and because my toes were bleeding very much, Many believed I would have to drop out. There I experienced how important the mental attitude is. I come to a point where my body is almost dead. My mind has to take leadership. It's a really interesting quote from a guy that just runs. In a 1985 race, he ran in Australia, which was considered one of the toughest ultra runner uh, races because of the physical conditions, the terrain they're on, the weather. 
Uh, this race was a 533-mile-long race. He finished it in five days and seven hours, beating, uh, beating the course record by about 10 hours. He gets to the end. The crowd is shouting, Chorus! 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 Shouting his name over and over again. After the victory ceremony and picking up his $20,000 check, his first request was for a warm bath, and then his second request was plenty of cold orange juice. And later, here's his comment. The tragedy in our sport, ultra running, is that we cannot celebrate our victory when the race is up. In all the other sports, when the race is finished, they go to celebrate and rejoice. In our case, you cannot do anything. The day after the race, you feel like death itself. Yeah, sign me up for that one. Sounds like the winners in that one are the ones that quit first, right? So they can actually go home. <laughs> Another time he said, I'm not the best runner. If I were to train with other runners, they would beat me. But in a race, I feel something different. There is something extra in a race, the mind. He set a record for 1,000 miles. Took him 10 days, 10 hours, 30 minutes, 36 seconds. He ran 1,000 miles. Mind-boggling what, what this guy accomplished. I never heard of him before. I just looked up, you know, best runner. <laughs> he's, he's definitely on everybody's list. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 4.3, for the time will come when they will not endure. That time is here. It's about endurance. It's about staying in the race. And the question for all of us here, myself included, I'm glad you started the race. I'm glad we're excited about one day when we finish the race question is, are you going to stay in the race? What's going to happen between now and then? Are you going to stay in the race? Because there's, to stay in the race, you've got to do the hard things. There's some hard things to stay in the race. Endure, to continue in the same state without perishing, to support without breaking or yielding to force or pressure. The Bible says the time will come when we will not do it. It's just going to be a very rare thing for people to endure, to be able to stay the course to stay uh, without breaking or yielding to outside pressure, outside forces. Man, can you feel in this world today the outside pressure that is on the Christian, that is on the, the, the laborer in the work of God, that pressure to bend, to change, to vary off course just a little bit? Man, this guy's reading up on him. He stops in at the stations, right? They got stations every so often or whatever. And um, when I say every so often, like 12 hours, every 24 hours, you know, he, he says, I do as minimal time as possible stopping only for the bare essentials of what I need to stop for because I sa he says I need to keep going. In that race in Australia, I guess it got so cold, he stopped one time in the first two days just to be able to change into some warmer clothes. I mean, th th this is th there's a lot of pressure the world puts on us to, to just pause, to just stop, to just get off course a little bit. But enduring means you're not going to yield to that pressure. We're not going to yield to that pressure. Let's, get, let's take just a few minutes, and then we'll get, get to our break, amen, and I'll go home. But I want to talk to you just a little bit about doing the hard things first. Dear Lord, we pray that you bless the message, God. I believe that uh, it's, it, it could be useful in this, in this uh, crowd, Lord, and just even for one person. But I pray for your help, Lord, and your power in delivering the message that it would come from you. It would be based on your word, and that it would bring help to these that are before me, God. Maybe it would cause somebody who's going to get off course. Maybe they're ready to get off course right now. Maybe in some area, Lord, it's just they're not, they're not up to doing the hard things anymore. God, I pray that, that your word would do a work in their heart and that you'd use this. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Why are we so soft today? 
man, I, I th think of all these things I read of the past generations and the, you know, some of the feats and things, and it seems like just as a culture, right, as a society, we really are, anything that's inconvenient, not really going to do it, right? Uh, technology has made things convenient and it's made it soft, I believe, because, man, there's so much you can do without having to put any thought into it, without putting any work into it. Not just soft physically, but I mean mentally, and, but all that translates also to a, to a spiritual softness, but we're just afraid of, of being inconvenienced. We're afraid of doing anything extra, afraid to do anything that, that's considered the hard thing. And let me just, let, what, what, do, what's the minimum I need to do? I'll do that. Why would I want to go do anything hard? Now, we've trained ourselves almost to just take, always take the path of least resistance, you know, whatever, whatever is a bare minimum, whatever is the easiest way, that's the way I go. Why would I go any other way? Why would I want to do anything hard? And I, I, w I was yesterday, I never actually tried using uh, AI, chat, GPT. Some of you guys know I'm talking about. You've seen that in the news and stuff. I never actually used it before. I've just heard about it and things like that. Who's, who's actually messed with that before? Anybody in here? A couple of you. So Brother Robito came in the office yesterday. He goes, hey, I just had ChatGPT write out some script for, uh, for the spring program videos. I'm like, oh, man, that's pretty cool. I'm like, I should check that thing out. My mind was blown away. It is nuts. Now, I'm surprised more of you in here haven't messed with that, but because uh, I thought, you know, this thing is, I'm, I'm, I'm not even comprehending, like, the technology of today with all the AI and stuff. You know, that's just, I, I haven't even gotten into that. Uh, but I was writing stuff out. I was asking questions. We were, I, I had it writing poems for my kids and writing songs for church. And, you know, uh, I did, I get a message, uh, not this message here. I said, you know, give me a message about, um, about doing hard, you know, doing hard things in the Christian life. Give me three points and give me uh, scriptures. And they need to be KJV. And it like typed out this whole message. I mean, it, I, I, uh, I, I was just, everything I come to mind, I had to do a thank you letter for Pastor Kavanaugh for taking us on the ski trip, even though the ski place got closed, but then he paid for, for us to, to eat at Olive Garden and go to Trampoline Park. And that's what, pretty much what I told it to do. And it did like a four-paragraph letter uh, going into great detail about how wonderful uh, of a time I had and how uh, great he is as a pastor and all this stuff. I'm like, man, uh, Josh... Josh, I started going back and forth with my brother, Josh, and he sent me a, uh, a missionary letter that he could send. He just said, hey, uh, I'm a missionary in New Zealand. Write a letter I can send to my supporting churches about the, the, the adventure of starting a new church in New Zealand. And I did this great letter, you know, and I'm like, man, I wonder. So I took, I took that letter, and I said, uh, I'm going I'm to give you some text. Tell me if it was generated by ChatGPT. And it replied back. I said, all right, I'm ready. Tell me what it was, and I'll try to tell you if I generated it. And I pasted Josh's letter in there, and it came back, and it said, I don't think I made this because it's too, emotion it's too personal and emotional, and I don't think that way. And I'm like, the AI can't even tell when it, when it, when it can't. It can't even tell that it made its own thing. Like, this is getting scary here, right? Uh, so this morning I sent, I just wanted to see, you know, what, what would happen. Here, I got I to read it. I sent my wife a text. So just out of the blue. And I said, you know, I want to tell my wife I appreciate her and, you know, all the work she does around the house and taking care of the kids and me. And so I, they, let me read this for you. This is just, this is just amazing. All right, here's what, it here's what it said, and I just sent it to her in a text this morning. I wanted to take a moment to express my heartfelt gratitude and appreciation for everything you do for me and our family. You are an amazing wife and mother. I feel truly blessed to have you in my life. Right now she's probably wondering, what's going on? 
Your love, care, and attention to detail are simply unmatched. You always go above and beyond to take care of me, and I can't thank you enough for that. You make sure that I have everything I need, and you do it with a smile on your face, even when you're tired or overwhelmed. I mean, I'm thinking this is, gonna, I'm, this is going far here. As a mother, you are simply fantastic. Our children are lucky to have you as their mother, and I know they feel the same way. You are patient, kind, and loving, and you make sure that they have everything they need to thrive. I also appreciate the hard work you put into keeping our house clean and tidy. I know it's not easy with four kids constantly making messes. How did it know that? <laughs> but you handle it with grace and never complain. Your dedication and hard work are truly inspiring. Above all, I admire your positive attitude and cheerful spirit. You always have a smile on your face and a kind word to say, even when things get tough. You make our home a warm and welcoming place, and I can't thank you enough for that. Thank you for being my partner in life, my best friend, <clears throat> and the love of my life. I'm so grateful for all that you do. I love you more than words can express. I love you so much. I sent this big old text to her. I'm like, oh, man, this is so awesome. Like, <laughs> that would have took me like an hour. So I'm waiting to see what she's going to say, you know. And uh, her reply, after, after about five minutes, I'm thinking she's coming back with some, you know, long thing that she's writing up. Or she replies back, I'm running some errands. <laughs> so the thing is I think she knew because we were last night we were, we were, I, I told her about it and we were messing around with it last night so I'm pretty sure she saw it and she knew it was chat GPT but I did take the time to ask chat GPT to say some things about her so there's all it just said the things that were in my heart it got them all out there right and so you know there's still that I'm sure she felt that part of it and uh, so I just replied back to her with LOL. And uh, so, why, why even write a thank you letter after you have ChatGPT? You don't have to do a thank you letter ever again. I, can't, I'm, I think I'm proving my point here. We don't really want to do the hard things. And so we just don't do the hard things. What it, what's the downside of not writing that letter by myself? Well, you know, one thing is I'm not thinking through all of the things I'm actually writing. And so even though she might receive something that I gave her, I've never put the thought into actually feeling those feelings and having that appreciation. So it really didn't further our relationship too much on my end. It might have for her to feel good about some things because she thinks that I actually thought that. But you know what? That shortcut does have some side effects. And if that's how the relationship is built, there's going to be a bad foundation there. So at the end of the day, even though it seems like the easy thing to do, sometimes the easy things end up being the hard things later on. So what are these hard things? What are some of the things that the Bible talks about? Well, number fir first of all, in Hebrews 12, 5, he says, my son despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chases? Now, the Bible talks about enduring chastening. Man, chastening is not the easy thing, is it? Chastening is a hard thing. Rebuke is a hard thing. Correction is a hard thing. When I think of correction, I think of the chiropractor. When you get your back really messed up, I, I just really, I get nervous sometimes when the thing the chiropractor is doing to me, especially the stuff with the neck. You know, I'm supposed to stand in this chair and just relax, just be loose. You know, he's kind of like this, and then just boom, he just like cracks your neck aside. I'm like, oh, I don't like that. Don't like it. 
some of the some of the stuff you know like on the back and on the side you know and it's just like throwing all his weight and some of that stuff you're kind of nervous some of it hurts but it, what he's just correcting to make things right to make it so where it's supposed to be there's that correction that alignment that comes in place correction all that is is an alignment to get us back in place how we need to be we bow up against that man our pride our flesh wants to man, we, we don't like somebody correcting us even in something small the Bible talks about even chastening, which is beyond correct. Man, chasing, that's a rebuke. That is, that is something we've, we're confronted with on a regular basis. And that's something the Bible says it, it, we're going to have to endure that chastening because God's going to end up chasing us sometimes, and that proves that we're his son, that he loves us. But there's some chasing to endure. What else does the Bible talk about enduring? Well, in 2 Timothy 4, 5, the Bible says, Watch thou in all things, endure afflictions. Endure afflictions. What are afflictions? Well, that's continued pain of body or mind, sickness, loss, calamity, adversity, persecution. Afflictions, those are things coming at us, not, not our fault. They're coming our way. They're circumstances. They're things. They're, they're, they're no fault of our own, and we're not asking for them. And they're just coming at us. A lot of people quit because of afflictions. they got hard things coming at them. They're not enduring those afflictions that are coming their way. They, they drop out of the race. But then the Bible talks about in 2 Timothy 2.3, and, and look over there, 2 Timothy 2.3, go back a couple chapters. Or something else we're supposed to endure in 2 Timothy 2.3, Thou therefore endure what? Hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Now I want to make a distinction here between enduring afflictions and enduring hardness. Hardness. Uh, afflictions are, are those things that are they're coming at you. You don't you don't really opt into them. You don't seek them out. They're on, they're on you whether you want them or not, those afflictions. But the hardness, the hard things that, that we need to endure, I'm talking about things that you have to opt into. I'm talking about actively choosing to do the things that are hard to do. They're not, they're not passively received. They're not forced upon you. In fact, if you, don't, if you decide not to do them, they will not be done by you. So you have an option to opt into the hard things. That's the things I'm talking about today, to do the hard things. I'm not advocating for opting into hard things just for the merit because they're hard. Although sometimes that's good for a challenge. You know, I just want to do this because I want a challenge. But, but there, it's, it's a lot deeper than that. There's a, there's a reason to opt into the hard things more than just because you need to do something hard. Bless God, you need to have some things that are hard to do. And that's true. But the things that are most needed are usually the hard things. The things that bring the most profit are usually the hard things. The things that pay off little right now, but, they, but later are going to reap great dividends in the future. Usually, those are the hard things. The hard things you need to opt into. The hard things you need to sign up for. The hard things no one's going to force upon you. But those are going to be what pays off the greatest profit. You know, Moses... He chose obedience in God's will, and for him, choosing obedience in God's will was a hard thing. Hebrews 11, 24 said, By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. What was his easy path, the path of least resistance? Man, I'm in the, I'm in the king's palace. I'm Pharaoh's daughter. Yeah, everybody recognize me. Let's just blend in. This is the easy life. Here we go. But he refused. He, took the, he didn't take the path of least resistance. He chose the hard things. The Bible says, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. He had a choice. He had a choice, and so do we for the hard things. 
could choose to suffer affliction or enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. Moses, what are you going to do? It was a hard thing for him to choose obedience. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured. There's that word again, endured. Man, he chose the hard thing. Moses, you got a choice here. What are you going to do? Are you going to go path of least resistance, or are you going to going to opt into the hard thing? He opts in the hard thing. Guess what? How's that working out for you, Moses? And chosen to lead the people of God out of, out of bondage, got to be able to talk with God, got to be able to see God. I mean, Moses, who would want to be in his shoes? It's easy afterwards to see it was a better choice, but he chose a hard thing. What about Jacob? For Jacob, choosing to get God's blessing was a hard thing. What did he have to do? In Genesis 32, he was left alone and wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaketh. And Jacob said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. Man, what was the path of least resistance here for Jacob? Let him go. Come on, man. What are you doing? You're wrestling with God. Let him go. It's been all night. Jacob said, no, no, not till I bless me. He's going to do choosing the hard thing, which in this case, he's choosing to get God's blessing. It's a hard thing. And what about Jesus Christ? Going to the cross was the hard thing. Hebrews 12, 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. We understand what Jesus went through in the Garden of Gethsemane, don't we? Easy. Piece of cake. Especially for the Son of God. All power in his hand. It's a hard thing. It's a hard thing. And he opted into it. Aren't you glad Jesus Christ opted into the hard thing? Aren't you glad he did the hard thing? What about for the Christian? According to James chapter 4, verse number 7, saying no to sin is a hard thing. Saying no to sin is a hard thing. The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee from you. There's a fight. There's a resistance. It is not the path of least resistance. It is the path of the greatest resistance. And here's the thing, because of technology in our life and all the stuff, everything's so easy, everything's so convenient, we've just become accustomed just going the easy route, going the easiest thing. Whatever's the easiest thing, I'm going to do it. Whatever this assignment is in school, whatever the easiest way to do it. Hey, if I could use ChatGPT to do my work, man, that's the path of least resistance. Let me do it. And let whatever the easiest way. And so that's how we just become, a, we practice, we practice, we practice the path of least resistance, whatever the easiest thing. And then all of a sudden the Bible says we've got to resist the devil. Well, that's not easy. That's not the easiest way. The easiest way is just listen to the devil. Just go along with the devil. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 8, we're supposed to resist him steadfast in the faith. So if the devil's coming against us, if our flesh is fighting against us, if all these things are fighting against us, that means the easy thing is to just go along with them. The easy thing is give in. Don't fight. Don't resist. The hard thing is saying no to sin saying no to sin. So the challenge here, a college student, the challenge for us as Christians, at some point, we've got to start doing the hard things. We've got to start doing the hard things. Stop saying no just because it's hard. Where's the Christian, where's the college student that's going to opt in to the hard thing? Man, we should never have a shortage of finding a bus captain to run a bus route. But you know why we do? Nobody wants to do the hard thing. 
oh, the easy thing is to just sit back, let the captain take care of it. I don't have to worry about planning anything. Man, I only got so much time. I got other stuff I got to do. And, oh, wow, all of a sudden, we can't get a bus captain. Why not? Well, that's kind of hard. It's kind of hard. Yeah. Yeah, because the hard things are worth doing. The hard things are where the payoff is. Man, there's, there's a lot of hard things if we look at about it, if we take inventory in our life say, God, what are the things I've been avoiding just because they're the hard things to do, but that's the things that you want me to be doing. Where's the hard things at in your life? <clears throat> we have a lot of Giannis chorus of the Christian world, thank the Lord, who have allowed God to do some extraordinary things with them, allowed God to do some hard things through their life. And you look around. We, we don't, you, most of you come here from churches with a pastor that's opted into doing some hard things. Aren't you glad you have a pastor? Help get you to the point where you're at. And some of you might have been at the church where you came from longer than others. And some of us, we grew up since kids in the church where we came from. Man, we owe a lot to our pastor. Do you understand? He had to opt into a lot of hard things. I think of, I think of my pastor and, and, and pastor of this ministry who just retired for, for 40 years, Dr. Gomez. And you, you hear about the story of what God did through him. He had to opt into some hard things. Coming up here and pastoring in this location alone was just a, a hard thing. And a lot of hard things to come after that, moving the church and all that. Hard things to do, but somebody had to opt in and say, yeah, I'll do the hard things. You know what? God has something way harder in the future. But until he surrendered to the, the hard things right now, like selling his boat and all that stuff. You heard the story when he surrendered to preach. He, had to sell all, he sold all his stuff. It's a hard thing there was harder things to come because he got accustomed to doing the hard things, not afraid of the hard things. And we, we can go back to guys. We don't even really know them, to be honest. We, we have never heard them preach. They died before we were here. But names like John R. Rice and J. Frank Norris and Oliver B. Green and Lester Roloff and these Baptist forefathers that fought and did the hard things and served God, man, none of that was easy. And here we get to 2023. And it's like, okay, I'm just going to go do the minimum, check the boxes, wait for my job where I'm going to get my salary, my vacation, my PTO, and serve in a ministry by just kind of just, you know, just maintaining things and doing, doing whatever I feel like doing. What about the hard things? The hard things are going to come. Man, aren't you glad we have these exams? You know, this, this columnist and his coverage of, of Coral's world record races, he, he finished his coverage one, one race with this statement. Thank you, Giannis Chorus, for showing us ordinary people what one extraordinary person can do. It leaves us no excuse for not trying. When I see these examples of, of in the Bible, I see those who have come before us, we have no excuse for not trying the hard things. Given the examples we have to look around us, we have no excuse for not trying. When you see our, your pastor and, and those that have invested in your life and, and the hard things that they did, man, there's no excuse. Why, why am I not even trying? Why am I not even giving God a shot? Given all that, these rough dirt trails that they've paved before us, now they're pavement. Now we just walk on pavement. Man, you ever ride a bike along? I, I can't relate to running 100 miles, but I can relate to riding your bike 25 miles. I'd much rather ride my bike on a paved trail than on some gravel or dirt trail. It just gets old after a while. We have these gravel and dirt trails that have been paved for us, and we come and walk it. I'm not saying, hey, that paved trail's so easy. You need to get off that trail and go back where it was dirt. I'm saying, man, we're on that paved trail. We ought to be able to go even farther. 
We ought to be able to do even more with God's help on this nice paved trail that's been set in place. And I'm not saying we ought to just put a bunch of baggage on, make things hard just for the sake of making them hard. But what I'm saying is the hard thing means we're going to go even, we're going to try to do more. We're going to try to not use what, what, what failings or whatever faults or whatever things we look at and say, well, I guess I'm going to do less because of X, Y, and Z. But we're going to say, no, bless God. I'm going to do the hard things. and Maybe God can use me for a greater work than what's ever been done. Not because of me, but because of what God wants to accomplish in this day and age. I'm telling you right now, the gospel, people are open for the gospel. Man, what a generation to be alive in. What a generation. If you were here for Pastor Zancher's message Wednesday night, Wednesday night, what a blessing to be reminded. This is an exciting time for the young Christian who's about to go in ministry because there's a lot of people that are open for the gospel. But it's not going to be easy. There's going to be some hard things we've got to do along the way. Most of all, of all the examples, how about the example of Jesus Christ? The Bible says in 12.3, For consider him that endured. Such contradiction of sinners against himself. Man, what he put, what, what Jesus Christ went through on the cross. Paul said, consider him, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. You know, you get tired. You're feeling like, ah, I'm not going to do that. It's too hard. I, I don't know. Brother Joel, I'm, I'm going to finish out this semester, and I, you know, I know God wants me to go in ministry, but I don't, I don't know. It's been difficult. It's been difficult. The Bible says, wait, hang on a second. Consider him that endured. Consider Jesus Christ. If you, your strength comes from him, the Bible says it will keep you from getting wearied, keep you from fainting, not physical fainting, but in the mind, in the mind, in the heart, in the spirit. It's interesting when, when he was asked about the secret of success, Koros, he, he said, when other people get tired, they stop. I don't. I take over my body with my mind. I tell it that it's not tired, and it listens. I thought this was really interesting, Brother O., his flesh became weak. His flesh got tired. He said, I, could, I couldn't let my flesh take control. The only reason I still keep doing the hard thing and keep going in, faithful in the race is I don't let my flesh tell, make the decisions. I don't give veto power to my flesh. This is a runner talking about a race. Now, his answer was to give his mind control over the flesh. Of course, our answer is to give the Holy Spirit control. You do that. It's like the Bible says in Hebrews 12, you won't be wearied and you won't faint in your minds. Do the hard things now, you'll avoid the harder things that are later to come. What I mean by that, good understanding gives a favor, but the way of the transgressor is hard. Yeah, you know it's hard to say no to sin. It's hard to say no to flesh. But you give in to that, you take the easy route now, guess what the harder route is later? The way of the transgressor. It becomes hard later on. And do the hard things now. There's a, lot, there's a lot of examples. If we take inventory for just a minute and say, God, show me the things I've been just voiding because I'm lazy. I just don't want to be inconvenienced. What have I been saying no to that really you want me to do? You know what? You know what really excited? I see a teenager <clears throat> that was told to do something, and they come back, and they went like five levels above what, they, what the minimum. You know, they could have they just got by with doing this, but then all of a sudden, I'm like, man, they, there's still a teenager somewhere that just takes some pride, that takes some, you know, that wants to do the hard things. Man, how, how, how encouraging is that? Do we have any college students that say, you know what, I'll do the hard things? Yeah, sign me up for that. Sign me up for that. There's a need there. I'll sign up for the hard things. God, you, you need me? You want me? I know you don't. God, you could do, you could use whoever you want, but you're tugging on my heart. God, sign me up for the hard things because here's the thing. I don't got to do it on my own. I got God's help. I got God's strength, his provision. He provides all that. God, sign me up for the hard things. I and mean, even the little things in school. 
my schoolwork. I'm the ministry and the bus route. Man, some of these things, they're, they're, they're hard, but they're really not that hard. But we just, we take the path of least resistance. It's just natural. It's just how we're trained. It's just how we grow up in this culture. Can I challenge you, young people? We're going to spring break. I know it's probably not good timing. But when you go back home, you know what the easy path of least resistance? Just go home and just live for yourself for about a week. I mean, we deserve it. We've been working hard. You know, the hard thing would take some time and thank, th thank some of those church members that invested in you. Maybe, maybe just take them out to eat, one of them. And that, that'd be a, that, that wouldn't be the path of least resistance. That'd take a little effort, a little money, a little time. I want to just challenge you. Do something hard. The thing is, no one's going to make you, and that's the beauty of it. If you do it, it's because you want to do it. Do something hard that no one's making you do. Opt into them, the hard things. And guess what? The more you accustom yourself to doing the hard things, basically telling your flesh no, letting the Holy Spirit have control, as those things get harder and harder, you just say, oh, you know what? I'm used to doing the hard thing. Because you know what? God always comes in. He always comes in. It's hard. It's difficult. But God's going to take control. He'll, he'll give me provision. He'll provide a way. He'll make it happen. And your faith grows. And then you're ready to opt in for the harder things later on in life. God can do some amazing work through us if we just decide, I'm going to do the hard things. Once again, thank you for listening to this episode of Maverick Messages.